0: Hallelujah! I thought there was going to be a skit about Thanksgiving for this, so I was going to After. talk about being thankful, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. Um, no, I'm going to say it anyways. There are a lot of things I'm thankful for, but one of the things I'm really feeling this morning, um, Brother Walter really just um, hit the nail on the head this morning when he was talking about um, condemnation. The house of the Lord is no place for condemnation. I, and people that are people that are babes in Christ but not even just them. People that have been in saints, that have been at church a long time get conviction confused with condemnation. And conviction comes from the Lord and it's that thing in the back of your mind telling you, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. But when you get to the house and you start thinking things like, I'm not worthy to be here at the altar or other people are going to know what I did or you have those things in your mind, those things have no place right here. I just feel we need to bind that spirit in the house today. Lord, that when you are here. This is a place for restoration. This is a place for deliverance. This house is a place for joy and for worship. Hallelujah. Yeah. I just want to do that today. I just want to give the Lord the time that I have we have for him. You know, we don't have a lot of time in our week that we really allot for, for God to have his way. And we're here, so don't take advantage of that. Praise the Lord.
1: Yeah. Hey, brother Joe. Just dislike those from your hand there, brother.
2: Well, praise the Lord. Good to be here on a Sunday morning. Pretty thankful for that. Amen. Yes. Uh, I got to say, I'm I'm honestly, I've been feeling this today. Uh, We've had a really just great amazing opening to this service today. We were blessed with a song and a skit and all these things, testimony. I can tell you I'm feeling God in this place and I'm excited about it right now. Funny thing is, we could all go home right now and miss out on something really, really important. We could all just go home feeling good. It really did. I feel awesome, I feel happy, joyful. We could go home right now and miss out on the best part of this service, the part that I'm the most thankful for. Some days I just wake up and I'm just not into it. Some days I wake up tired, I wake up bored, I wake up that I need something different. And I could get here and I could listen to the songs and I could go home still feeling like I missed out on my something different. I'm telling you you right now, you're about to get something from God today. This is the part that I'm thankful for. I want a change in my life. That's what I've been praying for. That's what I needed this morning. I want some change. I am so thankful for the preaching today, amen?
3: Praise the Lord, everybody. If you missed yesterday, man, you missed something very, very good for us. Yes. We had an excellent, excellent men's meeting. And I'll tell you this, I was, I was this close to not coming because I was just exhausted and going through some stuff from work and home and a lot going on. But when I walked through those doors, I won't even repeat the words he said, but the very words... My dad, Pastor Herring, was speaking spoke right in to my situation wow. and what I was actually going to avoid the men's meeting for. He spoke right in I'm thankful that God knows exactly yes. what to send at the right time. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. Amen. Theodore Cooler put it like this: a sermon in shoes is more eloquent and valuable than a sermon in words. Like that. Like a sermon that. That, that moves. A sermon that I'm not afraid to take to somebody. All right. all Something right. I'm not afraid to take to the world because they're not going to get it here today because they're not here today. all right. We're all right. thankful that a pastor will teach his saints uh, don't just take this home and bury it. Uh, don't just take this home and write notes uh, and keep them for safekeeping. But take it to your friends. Take it to your neighbors. Take it to your co-workers. Somebody needs it. I'm thankful for that. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah! Praise, Praise the God. Lord! Praise Amen. the Lord! Amen. When, um, pardon my redundancy, repetition, brothers, but you're used to it by now, okay? When I was a teenager, my older my brother had a best friend named Augie War. I mean, what a name for a man! Augie wore, and he personified that name. Augie walked. I uh, heard her use the word earlier. I'm not. I'm not copying. I'm just telling you it's true. Augie didn't act cool. Augie just was cool. He came in the room. It was like, he's the only guy, <laughs> <laughs> only gentleman I've ever known that wore coke, coke bottle type glasses. But he just. He personified cool. Yeah. He was he was chiseled. He he had a baritone voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. He had a '68 Mercury Cougar that was Come on hopped up. I mean, it was like 351 Cleveland. All of it was nice. It was sweet. Very cool. He just to me, Brad was. At that time in my life, I was glad he was in my corner of the world. Yeah. Right. Right. He, was my, he was my brother's friend, but I got to see him quite frequently. Anyway, Augie had an older brother named Jim, and Jim War was the head. I don't know what you call him, but he, Jim War was the highest power in the brothers motorcycle gang. Used to see them a lot in Anchorage. Okay. Uh, you, at, at Fourth of July picnics and uh, Goose Lake outings. Yep. Or, or coming down the Glen once in a while, I'd be out there my Yamaha 125, and these 50 hogs would come by. All these guys, you know, with leather and all this stuff. And
3: right.
1: A teenage boy, that was just like wow. Yeah. Well, Jim War was the head of this whole group, and Augie used to tell Brad Bullock and I, my buddy, we'd hang out with him. He said that the, the brothers' motorcycle gang had a motto. What had a motto? that what you do to one, you do to all. Right. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to say that kind of lifestyle is good. Right. Come on, think deeper than that with me, okay? Right. But they had a motto, what you do to one, you've done to all.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: And so they, consequently, their, their reputation was that I have your back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have each other's back. Amen. Good. And that's what I opened the men's meeting with yesterday, yes, the brothers. We're not a motorcycle gang, but we're brothers in Christ. God. Yeah. We are brothers. And we're, we are supposed to have each other's back. Right. Good. Appreciate our brothers. Thank you, Brother Brad. You said more than, than I, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't touch it. But, but thank you that came. If you did not come, we prayed for you. I understand some were sick, some were working, etc.
3: Right.
1: But we're going to have more in the future. One thing I like about men's meetings is I don't have to apologize for a lot of stuff and be proper. I can just flat out say it, good. how men want yes, how men need to hear it.
2: Yes, good. Yeah. yeah. Good.
1: That's all right. You know, anyway. Amen. Awesome group. Thank you for the food. People that hung out and prepared it and did all that. Be, be on the lookout in the calendar. We're going to have more of these more frequently. Just mentioned the pizza party. That's gonna happen. Of all things, I'm gonna ruin some of your plans if you if you come. <laughs> uh, remember the old days on New Year's Eve when we would have foot washings and do communion everybody. and all that? Yes sir. yes, sir. Well we're gonna we're gonna do communion for sure this year. And I've I've been asked by someone, does the church do foot washings anymore? Well we certainly observe that. That's it's biblical. But the last two or three we had, it's amazing that a hundred solid on Wednesday nights we usually run. Turned into 45 when we announced we're doing foot washings. That's because you don't want to wash my feet. I get it. I understand that. But
3: it is special.
1: I'll come back to that later, another time. But on December 31st, it's a Tuesday. Okay. It's New Year's Eve. We're gonna have a pizza party here at the church. All right.
3: Awesome.
1: Not after we wash each other's feet. <laughs> I'll have to revisit that. We used to do that on New Year's Eve. That's why I started talking about that. <laughs> all you super Pentecostals I think I'm a backslider because we don't do it all the time. Oh, no. Come on, come, come on. on. No, no, no. Think a little deeper than that, all right? Yep. right. Think a little deeper than that. New Year's Eve is when the pizza party is going to occur. All right. okay. we'll, get, we'll get the specifics on time and all of that yeah. we get back to that. It's good to be in church today. Yes. Yes, sir. I hope you come. I hope you came. I hope you're here. Because you, you want to get closer to God. Yep. If you if you have to hurry out today after church, please do not be humble and bypass the ladies out there. We have a turkey for you. We want to bless you. The so pastor already have a turkey. Well, please take another one. You can cook it for Christmas or you can just at a random time. You do what you want with it. I mean, I don't care. Um, we didn't get them donated. We, we, we bought them for you. I, I don't want to take them to the good or to the... Food bank. I want to give them to you. I want to make you feel blessed. And in years past, for the Bubba, um, if those things sit around and people say, "I got turkey. Been in there two years." Listen, they make great. They make great scent hanging from the bear bait trees area. I hung a turkey out like a weekend. After I started seeing Bear last spring with the dress, I hung it, took a turkey out and I hung it. And um, I had, those are cool glasses. Let me see that kid, man. I hold him. How old are you, bud? <laughs> Talk about cool. That's cool. I'm glad he's not like his mother. Told ya, you. told you're gonna make a public shot at you. Anyway, I hung this bear, uh, turkey up, and within a week, that joker—I had it suspended, brother Shannon—at two trees, and I had that rope suspended. I'm talking about off the ground, way up there. and That bear somehow got up there and got that turkey down. They love turkeys. Once, once they rot. Of course. I don't know, dear me. Why am I on this today? If you're going out, go, please, would you? <laughs> If so I can get on the right vein of thought, in the right vein of thought. Yes, go ahead, ladies. If you have a Bible this morning, I invite you to one of the book of Wisdoms, Proverbs, not Proverbs. V Proverbs, but a Proverbs and Wisdom, the book of Ecclesiastes, is where I'm going. Brother Joe, would you grab grab four other people, and you and them stay on the platform this morning, please, All right? Ecclesiastes is where I'm going this morning, chapter number seven. I have to set this disclaimer out. It's 100% valid. It is 100% true, not a not a vein of inaccuracy in my disclaimer, but about two months ago, the Lord began dealing with me about a thought, and so I started penciling it out and putting it down, et cetera, et cetera, and I had it ready last Sunday morning, and Brother Anthony got up to speak, and as he was speaking, it was like the Lord just, you brothers know what I'm talking about. He said, you, you, you're not hearing what I'm trying to say to you right now. And I, so I went another direction with hero Israel. I said all that to say this. I wanted to preach this last week, but only God knows why. Only God knows why. God's timing right by the Right. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Thank you, brothers. Not trying to put anybody on the spot. Just just change. We're, we're going to be tinkering with change in 2020, Okay. Everything from seating to the way we do things, seating to greeting, we're going to be changing some stuff around here. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Sometimes Solomon says something like, oh, he's talking to me. I'm going to tell you right up front, Brother Brad, I'm preaching to myself today. How many of you preachers, will be honest enough to say, or teachers, that sometimes you're up there and you realize, wow, I'm talking to myself more than I am anybody right now. Read it with me, everybody. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. My title today is, Can You Give Me Some Advice? Obviously, you know what I'm, where I'm going in this series of messages on advice can you give me some advice on how to deal with my anger? Preaching to myself. You know, so, you know, some of the hardest words it is for us to say. I have a problem. That is one of the most difficult statements for human, adult human beings to make. I have a problem. We know every you got. We know you guys got problems. But it's hard for. Me and us to say, we have, I have a problem. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today, and trust, God, you're, we're in your hands for your care, God. Ask you that your will would be done, no more and no less. Bless your people, the hearers, God, of your message and your will today. Let your word, God, take first place, take root in our heart. Let us leave here different than we came, not just put on a, a demonstration, but God, let your spirit speak to us today. Let it counsel us and direct us, and we'll give you all the glory for it, give you all the praise for it. In the name of Jesus, I ask it, Lord. Look at somebody and say, can you give me some advice? God love you today. Bless you. Maybe may be seated. Bible says, Brother Matt, Exodus 20, verse 7, I, this is not on your list, sis, but it is one of our jobs to be willing to give good, godly, sound, wholesome advice. That's my interpretation of Exodus 20, verse 7. Obviously not. Take that off there. Let me just do research. Oh, I'm sorry. Judges 20, verse 7. There, I just thinking incorrectly. Judges 20, verse 7. Advice and counsel its something that like I've said before, everybody seems to have a lot of, but there's also a burden of responsibility upon you as a parent, as a supervisor, as a teacher. There's a burden of responsibility for advice and counsel. For the Carl, if your boys come to you and say, "Dad, I got a problem at class. I got a problem with a boy. I got a problem with a girl. I got a problem with a teacher, a bully, somebody," I'm I'm, I'm quite sure this man's not going to say, "Don't bother me, son." because he has an obligation as a parent to offer counsel and advice. Can you advise me today about how to deal with my anger? From the dawn of time, Brother Josh, anger has always been the elephant in the room. God looked at Cain in Genesis 4 verse 6 and He said, Why are you so angry? I told you the the brothers yesterday. If you go on through verse 8 and verse 9 of that story in Genesis 4, don't don't put it on the screen, but you can check it out later. God expected Cain to know where Abel was. He said, I believe verse 8 said, Where is Abel, your brother? God expected Cain to know where Abel was. God knew Cain knew where Abel was. But God said, verse 6, what are you so angry about? It's been there since the creation of the human race. Anger. And I, I admit to you, right up front, Brother Anthony, there are people, we all know some, that th- that's not a problem to them. There are many people who are complete control of their faculties. I've seen them. where I've seen them in work. When high-pressure situations, they're just cool, savvy, man. They're making choices and decisions. Who knows what storm is brewing inside, but they're not showing it. Meanwhile, I'm blowing gaskets and seams everywhere. Some people are that way. But for the most of us... For the majority of us, it doesn't respect your skin color, your education, how big your bank account is, what nation you're from, what race you are, what generation you were raised in. Every human being, for the most part, has had to deal with and confront the elephant in the room. People deal with anger issues. It, it's it's so internally bred into the minds of family too. Angry men usually raise angry kids, and angry mothers usually have angry kids. I'm not exaggerating, Brother Tim. It's so frequent that angry parents, they don't get up in the morning and say, I want to make my child, I want to make you angrier than me. Here's how we're going to do it. They don't do that. They just live it. The kid is raised in a home of hostility, seam bursting on the edge. And every time something goes wrong, dad or mom blows their top. And a child thinks that's just life. And in kids, we call it, oh, he's having a tantrum. Isn't she cute in her temper tantrum? Boy, it's Thanksgiving, isn't it? You're not going to invite me over from Turkey, are you? And sometimes, sometimes we actually hear from God, Brother Rob, and we hear those little, little gentle nudges. Remember, a year ago I preached about a nudge or a, ends up at a head-on collision. Sometimes God says, "Hey, son, grown men should be stronger than that. Praying mothers should be stronger than that." And he's not, Sister McKenzie. He's not condemning you. He's just reminding me. Okay, okay there comes a place in life, brother. Brother Carl, I, I. There's a natural process in life, that the older we become, there's supposed to be a little dimming of that fire in us, whether it's lack of energy. Whether it's lack of energy or just the addition of wisdom in life, as you get older, we're supposed to learn to conquer more of those things that are trying to trip us up. That's why the Bible always points you that need advice to elders. I don't need another hothead next to me telling me how to get through this. I need somebody that's come through it, has calmed down a little bit. And they share with me how how to get through this thing. So I expect a man that's 40 to have a little more wisdom than a man that's 18. Because he's he's lived. And no one, no one escapes life. I don't care how protective your mama is, you don't escape life. We say things like, oh, he's just an angry old man. She's just a bitter old woman. You could see fury in her eyes. That's how we explain people with anger. You could hear hostility in his voice. And the elephant sounds its rage again. I've sat in courtrooms, I have, people ask me to show up and just be moral support. I've sat there more than, more than one or two times, more than a few times, and I've heard judges say, all right, to do this, you have to complete a program. What's it called? Anger management. The world's looking for answers, what I'm trying to say. The world's looking for answers. I'm trying to, how to calm that fury. How many mothers have prayed for their children? God, would you please just take his temper away? Let him get up tomorrow with a different outlook on life and not have such a temper. Help God, don't let him, don't let him have my temper. I'm not, yes, sir. I'm I'm not playing today. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be mindful of the things of God. But when you look at the synonym list for anger or angry, it's just staggering. It's staggering how we've learned to function. We've learned to live with that elephant. Listen to the synonyms, ballistic, galeric, enraged, foaming, fuming, furious, hopping, mad, hot, incensed, indignant, inflamed, infuriated, irate, full of ire, livid, mad, outraged, rabid, rankled, riled, roiled, sore, steamed up, teed off ticked off, wrathful, angry, angry. And since God set man on this planet to control it, it has been inviting itself into every human being's heart from that day. Here's what I want to say before I get into the specifics. We know it's a real issue, Brother Carlos. We know it is. And seldom do we seek real answers. When things blow over and just calm down, we're like, oh, God, I'm good now. And I told you I was going to preach this last Sunday. God told me to go with oneness last week, so whatever. I'm just trying to obey God. I'd rather obey God than man, Acts 5.29. Yeah. We know it's a problem, but seldom do we really seek changing answers. Well, you're going to be in the same house with me. You have to live with my attitude. You know, you're you're living on God's planet, right? You're breathing air that belongs to Him today. You could adopt that, but I, I, I it's it's not it's not something that is going to be advantageous to anybody near you near me I'm just talking today from this thought can you give me some advice on how to deal with my anger Brother Michael you ever you ever lose your temper a lot Brother Stephen not really and i believe you i, I really do i'm not i'm not like, brother Carl you ever lose your temper
3: uh, when i was younger
1: it was a lot worse, it was a lot worse. Brother Rick? Good. See this these guys are not lying. I believe that. Yes, no, yes, no. Yeah. Every now and again. And every one of us today, male or female, young or old, mom, dad, childless, whoever, we know it's an issue. It's an issue. And we're not running the aisles today, are we? I was looking for a job when I found this one, honestly. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's something I'm looking for real answers because I'm tired of embarrassing myself. You ever lose your temper and you go, eh. Biggest idiot in the world right here. I really want. I really want to start being better at this. Amen. It's everywhere. It's even in the animal kingdom. Now, it's it's usually a protection device for animals. I know that. Get get between a cow moose and her cat. She doesn't go. Hey, it's all right. All well. Peace. Hang out. <laughs> Ears back. Head down you better get out of the way. I'm not lying, am I? They are hot-tempered. I was coming back to my dad's cabin many years ago. I had a bear bait down below on that creek by the red cabin, if you've been back there. But I was coming back, and Brother Anthony, I got there's a little narrow walking trail, and I saw a porcupine up ahead of me, maybe here to me to you. And it was going the same direction I'm going, and it was, of course, going slow. And so I just closed the space on it, and I, I got his attention, tried to clear it off. Normally, you know, they just get out of the way. You can Google this for yourself. Did you know that a porcupine can kill a wolverine? Who did I send that text to the other day? Brother Stacy. Yeah. They have found wolverines. Tribal nations used to call them demons. They're highly, they're set on toxic edge, brother. Porcupines. Little rodent. Anyway, I got up close enough with my rifle and I kicked some stuff at it because it was just in the way. And it went. It's like that. But all right, you can have the trail. You can have it. Just snap like that, brother. A fuse just went off. It's everywhere. Animals. Angry. Again, it's protection for them, though. Brad right, was going to that same bait years ago, and I was bow hunting, so I, I think I had a pistol if I remember. But I know I had my Matthews bow. And and I, to get to that tree stand, you had to cross that creek behind Grandpa's cabin there. And I was just coming up on that creek, and I saw movement from the coming across the water, and there was this sow coming across because she had three little three little cubs, little dinky things with her. And at that time, I'm from here to maybe Brother Shannon away. little Maybe Brother Nate Wisdom. And they're coming the trail towards me, and they don't even know I'm there. And I, there's a cottonwood beside me. I just stepped behind the cottonwood, and I, remember, I thought of something my dad said. I thought, I'm going to see how close they come before they recognize me. And then about halfway, maybe here to Brother Dan, I thought, now that's the dumbest thing I ever thought in my life. <laughs> you dumb, boy. You dumb. And I just said, I stepped out behind that cot when I go, hey, 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 and that sow just went. Powr. I and it's just like that, just jumped, and like full alert, and those cubs went. Powr. You need to pray for me when I hunt. I'm telling you. Dumb, dumb decisions. So I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point that anger is as common on this planet as air. It's as common as water. It's in humans, it's in animals. Where where does anger come from? What causes fury? Anger? Is there such a thing as good anger along with bad anger? Disappointment causes anger. Furthermore, disappointment causes anger. Some people will roll with a punch. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're melancholy. They're, well, life, you know, whatever. And there's some people that, I'm sick of you letting me down, doc. Yeah. And, and it frustrates me, yeah, or it hurts my feelings. It shouldn't, I know. But anger can be born out of many things. Usually it starts with Disappointment. It didn't work like I thought it was going to work. It didn't pay off like I hoped it would. Now I'm angry. I'm not angry. I'm not now, but I'm just telling you. Where does it all come from? Did you know the Bible says a lot about anger? Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Paul said this. I was in my garage Thursday, I believe it was. Tuesday was, and I was fiddling around, and there's always the radio going, house or garage. It's on the Christian station in Anchorage, and this preacher guy comes on, and he starts talking out of Ephesians 4. I immediately ran over and turned the radio down, because I didn't want anybody thinking, ah, you've been listening to radio. That's where you get your sermons from. Can't help coincidence. I can't help the fact that God uses different people close to the same time. Right. Thank you, brother. I, I'm, I'm throwing out there because there are some that do. Yes. <laughs> Paul said this in Ephesians four twenty-six and 7. He said, I'm going to let you read it. Brother Playo, please, 26 and 7. Ouch. I've committed that sin a thousand times and more. One more verse. Ah. So look at these, look at the cast of characters here. Me and the devil. And one more thing, anger. Where does anger come from? Is all anger bad? No, you're a right. Thank you for helping me. If not, all, if not all anger is bad. That's why Paul said, be ye angry and Sin not. And sometimes you just let it out and you've not committed a single sin. Why is that, Brother Paul? Because anger is a basic human instinct. It's in us. It's, I believe, Brother Carl, it's supposed to be a protection device, Brother Richie. So when someone comes and tries to get in your home and hurt your your baby or your wife, you're not going to go, hey, presents are over there. Help yourself. No, you're going to say, get out of here. I'm going to hurt you. And it's hard to do without a little anger fire going. Righteous indignation and not a sin in it. You prove that in the Bible, Pastor, I can. Hebrews 4.15 said, Jesus, for the Lance, was in all points tempted. The man, all points tempted. You can't tempt God. I'm not about the spirit that God is here. He's about the man, Christ Jesus, here. He was in all points tempted, yet without sin. And then Matthew 12.21, the Bible said, Jesus come to church one day. 21.12, yeah, thank you. He comes to church, and here's, hypothetically speaking, here's Brother Colin over here. he got a table, and he's selling T-shirts, Colin for president, 2020. <laughs> and over here, Brother Rob, you know, he's, he's selling little offerings. You can pay a dollar for them and go up and burn them on the altar, and God will bless you. That's what's going on there. They were making merchandise in the house of God. Doesn't mean you can't take do fundraising. They, they were making personal gain. They were turning the house of God into Fred Meyer. They were turning the church of the living God into Walgreens. And Jesus, the Bible said, came in and flipped out. He said, my house is a house of prayer. He said, you guys are doing what in here? I come to church to pray. I don't come to church to buy your T-shirt calling for president. And he, can you imagine? He didn't say, let's have a board meeting. Let's counsel. He just said, you bunch of them. And he starts turning tables over. And he shows them the door. Hey, I'll tell you what I get out of that, brother. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to show some people the door.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
1: You do that again, I'm not coming back. Whether it's over the coffee or. Better yet, you get control of your basic human instincts. And you can't do that necessarily just by pushing it into the corner, sweeping it under the rug. Because guess what? The elephant wakes up again. Woo! You make me mad today. I'm having a bad day. And the elephant is alive. You're bored today? I hope not. I'm trying to get somewhere with this. Jesus was angry. Get this, please, Brother Michael Palmer. Jesus was in church and he was angry.
3: He was in church and he was angry.
1: And I like Sister McKenzie said, I'm 100% behind her. This is a place of restoration, conviction, not condemnation. She's right on. She's right on. But every once in a while, People just say, you know, I'm fed up with this nonsense right here. Now, we're here to pray. If you want to visit, pardon me. But when we're in here praying, if I come and say, "Hey, what are you doing, man?" It's prayer time. I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to control. I'm not trying to control anybody. But my ire's getting up. We need God. We need God so bad, we don't even know how bad we need God. And I know that a few moments of, of time where I'm just focused on him can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, a little bit of praying really helps. I'm trying to get to the point where I can offer you advice. What, what, what would you say? Where, where, where is sin wrong? I mean, where is anger wrong? Where does it become sin, displeasing to God? Here's where it does become that. When I let the devil use my anger and I become unreasonable or out of control. Now, the reason I word that like this is because, brother, I'm well versed in this and I'm not proud of it. You know me. We've been friends a long time, brother. We were friends before I came to Palmer. We used to—I worked Mega Foods, and we would—how would you? How did we communicate? We didn't text back then, did we? I don't remember. Somehow we'd talk, but you—you'd you'd send me jokes over the. Yeah, probably. No, you don't. Don't even go there. Where's Sister T.R.? Brother Lance. My anger is rising. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm kidding. Remember the days of fax machines? That's what it was. I'd get faxes with funny faces on them or dumb jokes on them. I remember that. Anyway, it it becomes sinful in my in Ron Herring's life when when. I already showed you Ephesians 4, when the devil says, ooh, this usually sets him off. This usually was where his fuse appears. Say the devil's not that smart. You're kidding yourself. He's been working on this since the dawn of time. This really sets Herring off. Let's Let's... Let's stir up these people over here so that he does that, so that his flesh gets all roiled. Now it becomes sin in me, if I were if I were right with, at that moment, I'd just say, okay, I don't like this. I'd, get a, I'd do something, I'd get away from the influence of it. But it becomes sin when I sit there and let the devil go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know it bugs you. It's always has bugged you. It's still bugging you. They know it bugs you. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're right. That just gets me. I'm not about right. I'm exactly right. I know. I can feel the temperature in the room rising right now. When I let the devil become part of that equation, neither give place to the devil. How do I do that? By getting angry and committing sin through the anger. Retribution, payback. All the things, gotta state my opinion, etc., etc., etc. Shakespeare said this: "In anger, don't heat the furnace so hot for your enemy that it burn your own hands." Unquote. Brother, brother, sister Estrada, I used to have a. We lived on Lazy Mountain from '68 to '71 or two, and up the road was my neighbor. We played electric football. We played lemon squeezer baseball. We played it year round. We would shovel snow, and make base paths. And there were three boys in the in the Williams family, and the middle one was my age, and we all went to school together. Anyway, the oldest one was named Richard, and we call him Dick, you know, slang short. And Dick said, "Listen, my brother, who was my age, he said got the worst temper of any human being on the planet." I said, "Okay," and he warned me several times, telling you he has no he has no self control. I saw him lose his temper so often, so many times. He was like, "Get out of his way." He wasn't doing it to show off. He was just that guy. He was that human. Okay? Saw him, Brother Carl. Dick told me, "Listen, he will get so hot he will pass out." And I saw him in a baseball game. It, it got didn't go his way. I saw him get up, throwing mitts and bags and balls. So angry, every word you can imagine out of, out of the out of the Slang dictionary, throwing them around. God is my witness. And in the middle of that race, he just went. And he just literally went black, down, passed out. You need some anger help, brother. I didn't know that. I was 12, 13, 14 years old, whatever it was. So angry. God said to Cain, what are you so mad about? You don't know my life story. I, I, I give you that. And some of them are, are terrible. Life stories are terrible. But if God is so close to you, Cain, that he can talk to you face to face,
3: what is better than that? What is greater than that?
1: Here's my advice. Please consider it. Please think about it. Number one, I've seen this to be true over hundreds of times. I've talked to people and said, help me in this area. Many times. And I've asked them this repeatedly. Number one. You need to recognize that moment, internal moment inside of you, not where you get ticked off, set off, pushed off, not talking about that moment, but that moment where you've gone so far and that voice, it's always there somehow. It it may not be loud, it may be soft, it may be a nudge, whatever. Everyone I've ever talked to that opened up to me about their anger said, yeah, that's right, it happens. They get to a point where they're about to just do something they should never do and will forever regret. And something inside you says, you better stop right now. You better stop and reel yourself back in right now. I don't know about this count, one to ten, whatever works for you. I don't know. I'm not trying to be counselor here or, or psychological counselor. I'm trying to tell you that in life is real. And g- even good anger can turn into bad anger. You got to recognize it, Walter, Brother Walter, that that. I've stated my opinion, and the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. And the more she blows me off, the madder I get. Someone told me that, day, you need to smile more. I'm getting into it, though, okay? Don't, don't. Preaching is more than just, hey, don't lose your temper. Be, be a good person. You better recognize that. When you get to that point, you've already gone too far. I've already gone too far. I've already embarrassed myself too many times in front of you, my friends. I don't know how many times over the years I've, I've called him back and said, man, you know what, bro, I got a little out of hand. I'm sorry. I opened my big mouth too much. Haven't I? We, we've all done that. Friends do that. Better recognize it and say, when that thing says, uh, right now, right now, stop the entire world. Stop the entire direction you are going. Find a quiet corner. Go pour water in your face. Do something. But stop the direction you're about to go. Stop the next step. So point number one, learn to, learn to look for that point where, where you realize I'm, I'm out of control and right I'm very angry. But I, And right before I break that next dish or whatever it is, something inside of me says, stop right now. Second thing is this. It's a little more uh, theological. Second thing is I advise you is this. When you're calm, When everybody in the world is at peace with me, when you actually love me, those seldom occasions where I'm actually not angry, me, you're talking about me, well, if you feel conviction, that's good, but I'm talking about me right now. When you recognize that, and today it's all blown over, I'm, I'm, I'm cool today, I'm calm, things are going well. What a chance, what a chance for you to continue to fix the anger problem. Yes. It's not that, oh, the storm blew over. I'm good till the next one. That's not the point of being, having a calm moment. Show me James chapter 1, two verses. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberty and breathe not, it shall be given him. If I really want, if I really want answer, answers that work, first of all, when I'm calm, I'm not angry. I'm, pre- I'm thinking level-headed right now. I love people. I want to be I want to do good. But I still know that elephants over there just napping. So while I'm calm, I'm going I'm doing this right here now. God, help me, God. Help me. I don't know how to fix it. But I want to fix it. I want to do better. I when you're calm, take advantage of the of the of the glassy seas. God, would you please help? I know me, God. I know how I do it. Something else is going to set me off tomorrow. I know it. I got, a, I got years of patterns to draw from. Right now, well, right now, while well, I'm feeling good, God, I'm asking you, please, please, God, strengthen me in that moment. Teach me differently. Somehow, let let me handle things with a little more wisdom. One, recognize that real yourself back in moment. And two, when you are calm, start talking to God about it. Don't assume you fixed it because the moment's calm. I don't know. I wish he'd shut up and we'd go home. Well. God, I'm broken. Everybody everybody sees the outer, but I'm broken. If you need information, God said, wisdom, talk to me. Talk to me. So, I've said it before, you want to talk about somebody, the best place to talk about them is on your knees. And instead of enjoying that moment of solace, take take advantage of it and say, God, I need wisdom. And the storms start blowing again. I don't want the old Ron Herring to come up. One more verse in James. (laughs) Got to stop. He said, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why, Why is that so hard on me? I'm quick to anger. I'm quick too it, James said, I'm trying to give you some counsel. Pray. And when you pray, say, God, I want to go through that change in my life where anger is a slow thing, not a quick snap. Hello. <laughs> I honestly... I want to finish with this story. Look at the back over there. They're like, "Who, There's a story, and it has everything to do with anger and advice. It's in the Bible. And I'm just looking for advice today, seeking advice. Story's found in 2 Samuel 17. Imagine us talking about David. 2 Samuel 17. Now, the cast of characters in the story is short. It's short, but it's found in 1 Chronicles 27, 32 and 33. Got that, sis? Here's Jonathan. This is David's uncle now, though. This is not Jonathan, David's best friend. This is family. Who said it this morning? The girls in the skit. Why is family so difficult, right? family members sitting next to each other going, I don't know what he's talking about. I learned a long time ago in counseling, in advice sharing, especially in private arenas. And his family, oh, be careful, Pastor. Example, Exhibit A, Mr. Mr. Smith. If there's no Smiths in here, I hope there's not. Mr. Smith complains to Pastor Herring about his brother in the flesh, his physical, his sibling. And Mr. Smith says he's a dirtbag, a scumbag, a moron, a cheater, a liar, a st- thief. And maybe he's got all the reason to say that because the dude is a scumbag, a moron, a dirtbag, a thief, a liar. And listen, it's emotion. I, I try not to be so emotional, but I'm, that's, I'm wired that way, okay? When you bring me into your personal life, it, it affects me Yet in home. It affects me in the garage. It affects me when I'm driving down the road. And being new to counseling, I, I thought, oh, yeah. I said, Mr. S- Mr. Smith's sibling, you should not be a dirtbag, a scumbag, a moron, a liar, and a thief. Because your brother says those are all the things you are, and the evidence is there, and I'm on his side. You shouldn't do that. What's wrong with that scene? Next week, when Mr. Smith does oh, brother, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Mr. Smith remembers Pastor Herring taking sides. Sibling Smith, they've all forgotten about their busting each other up. What? What they remember? You took his side. Don't take long to figure that out, Pastoring. How'd I get on these things? I'd have no idea. And there's three characters in the story. This man, David, had a brother, an uncle named Jonathan. He was a counselor. Jonathan's repu- Jonathan's profession was a counselor. He was a wise man. So Solomon's wisdom is legendary, but it was in the family. Here's David's uncle, a wise man. He's, he's an advice giver. That's what he does for a living. Verse 3, 33, please. And here's Ahithophel, the king's counselor. This is David's private staff. Ahithophel's the man David goes to when he needs advice. I'm confused about something, bring Ahithophel to me. He's he's a wise counselor. You got David, Ahithophel, and this Hushai the Archite was the king's companion. You got David, you got his counselor, and you got his buddy. And Absalom, a wayward son of David's, asked Ahithophel for advice to take David down, a rebellious child trying to bring his father down. Ahithophel says to him, to Absalom, um, you need to do a couple things. Give me 12,000 men, I'll come up against David, and we'll kill him. Second thing, take his concubines in front of everybody. Set tents up on the, on the roof of the, of the palace. and Every woman in the house publicly, will humiliate David.
3: And Absalom
1: liked the advice. But he's reasonable enough to say, let's just get one more opinion from Hushai. This is David's buddy. 2 Samuel seventeen two. I'm not going to get out of this place. I'm angry at myself. I yap too much. And I will come upon him while he's weary and weak. This is advice Ahithophel is giving to Absalom about killing David. And I will make him afraid. I'm thinking, you are dumber than a box of rocks. We're talking about David. All the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite him only. Three, four. And I will bring back all the people unto thee, the man whom thou seekest is as if all return, so all the people shall be in peace. Four, please. And the saying, please, Absalom, well, like I just told you, and all the elders of Israel. He liked it. But he said, let's get a second opinion. So he goes, 2 Samuel 17, verse 7 and 8. He goes to Hushai the Archite, and he says, uh, listen, what Ahithophel told you is not smart. It's not smart. Here's what I would do. I would get all of Israel together like the sand on the seashore and gather them against David, and we'll take him down. So here you got David's counselor and you got David's buddy. Hushai said, Stack the deck. But verse 16 of the same chapter, the Bible said Hushai was secretly still a lover of David and he sent a warning to David they're coming after you in great numbers. Get out of here. Good advice can really help, bad advice can really hurt. Twenty nine eleven of Proverbs in the Contemporary English Bible. Common English Bible, pardon me. Fools show all their anger. But wise hold it back. Doesn't say the wise don't have anger. To me that's an ouch. Here's the summary of my advice. One, one, learn that point where God's telling you internally, better stop right now. Two, pray about it when you've calmed down. God, help me. Please help me. The summary of it all is this. Don't let anger master you. Don't let anger control you. It's like the alcoholic who struggles with the temptation. You'll never figure it out if you quit. Keep giving in. you got to fight it. you got to oppose it. You can't just say, that's just me who I am. You can't do that. You'll never overcome it. So figure out what you got to do. Mike Fleshman, who was the store manager of Market I worked at, he used to make us save a box of, a pallet of empty boxes. And this would never work in 2019, all right? And he'd see Ron Herring or Carl Gaines on the floor mad about something, he'd say, Go to the pallet! And we knew what that meant. Just kick the living daylights out of them boxes, man. Work them over. That's real contemporary, isn't it? That's what he said. It came out of the back room like, I feel better now. God love you. I apologize for the length today, but I do know that God was trying to speak to our heart. I want I want advice. I want advice on how to good get better. I'm sick of me. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today. Oh, God, help us today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.